Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Man, we're so excited you guys are here. Can we get it for all those who got baptized this morning? Man, come on. Let's go. We had 10 people in the first service, two people in the second service. We have two or three more in the next day. It's going to be insane. So it's, uh, it's incredible. God's doing amazing things, and we're so happy to be celebrating with people. We are wrapping up our Family Matters series. Turn your neighbor and say, Family Matters. And we've been talking about just our homes and people and building uh, our families. And today we're going to talk to you about foundation. And recently I went to Atlanta with my wife. And uh, so it was me, my wife, and a couple of our friends that were on staff here so we go to Atlanta to, to see this whole event that my wife loves the show. And so we went up there. While we were up there, though, I planned my vacations around what I'm eating. Okay? That's really, that's what I pay the most attention to. So where am I eating at? That's all that matters. And so the night we were there, we went to a place called Johnny's Chicken and Waffles. All right? And it was absolute fire. Okay? So, uh, so I, but I got to set the scene for you for just a second. All right? So me, my wife, and our friends, um, there is a... Um, Skin pigmentation deficiency for all the people that were there on this trip. Everybody was white. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so we all go. Okay, so we're, we go in. So we're going to, we, when I'm picking, I'm like, we, we need to go. There's this place, Johnny's Chicken and Waffles. And so we're, we're walking in. Now, i got to set the scene correctly for you. I'm in my South Beach Jordan 1s with a hoodie and a backward snapback after just, I was just at the barbershop two days before, all right? So I walked in and I, how do I say this? I was the only person that looked like me when I walked in, all right? So everybody sitting at tables was like, they looked, they was like, that dude's definitely invited to do the cookout. And they went right back to what they were doing, all right? So they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then the other three people walked in and they were like, nah. So anyways, we sit down, we order our food. <laughs> so um, they ordered like chicken wraps or something. I don't know what it was. Anyway, so <laughs> I ordered chicken and waffles because I'm there for one reason and one reason. You know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm talking about? So like I ordered my chicken and waffles. Friday, it was amazing. But all that to say, we go and we order. It was delicious. I got a red velvet waffle with fried chicken. And it was Anyways, I'm going back in two weeks. So, but all that to say, their fried chicken was good, but it, it wasn't as good as my grandma's fried chicken. I'm not going to lie to you. Because how many guys, how many of y'all got a grandma that you, you, know, so, like, you know what good fried chicken is? And the thing, the trick to, good, the, the trick to making good fried chicken is it's not, you don't start making fried chicken the day you want fried chicken. You got to start making fried chicken the day before you want fried chicken. See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I can see it. The Lord's hitting, right? And boom, boom. Yep, boom. I see you. Okay, so, so you got to start the day before because you got to soak it in the buttermilk, right? With the garlic salt in the butter. You got to, all right, so yes, in Jesus' name, Jesus. Yeah, I see it. I see some of y'all are with me in the spirit right now. All right, so you got to soak it. Otherwise, you're just eating skin. But skin don't, you, if you want the good chicken, it's a, so there's the day of fried chicken. That's good skin. There's day before fried chicken. That's good chicken. I'm educating some of y'all, right? Some of y'all are like, what are you even talking about? Don't worry about it. You've been content your whole life with what you know, all right? So, but 
So I was eating this fried chicken, and I was like, this isn't day before fried chicken. This is day of fried chicken because my grandma makes day before fried chicken, all right? And so I know the difference. And that brings me to this point that oftentimes I think when we have a desire to see something great, we want it instantaneously, underestimating what it really takes to build something great. You see, I believe we're in a generation, and I don't mean generation as far as age group, I mean generation society. Like we're in this place where oftentimes we think great things can be built in a moment, but the reality is if you're going to build a foundation that will last, it's not going to happen in one day. It's not going to happen overnight, just like my grandma's fried chicken. Yes, Lord. And just like that. It takes some prep work to get it to where it can be great. And if it's going to be great, listen, you're going to have to put in some prep work. And can I tell you today, I believe so many of us have a desire to see God do great things in our life, but we show up in the season that we want it, expecting it to be there. But I'm here to tell you, what if we started pouring a foundation that we built our life on something And on that foundation, God can build something great. You see, here's the reality. I believe everyone wants to build something big, but few people want to dig deep. Everyone wants to build something big, but few people want to dig deep. But the reality is this. When we look at big things, when we look at grand things, when we look at huge things in life, here's the reality. Big things aren't built on faulty ground. Big things are built on a solid foundation. And so here's the reality I want you to get out of the gate, all right? Is that depth is the necessary component of building something that will last. You see, before we can build up, before we can establish something that the world will see in our lives, before God does great things on the surface, listen to me, you have to go to God to build deep things in the spirit. And if you want to have great things in life, listen, it starts by digging deep and building great things in the spirit. But how many guys know we live in this instantaneous society? How many of y'all remember internet back in the day? Internet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Somebody called you in the middle of your Yahoo search. Right? He was like, stop calling. Don't ever call me again. Right? You kicked me off the internet. Right? Now I got to log back into my IM account. Right? So we, we come from, but how many guys are with me now? If it takes four seconds for my phone to load something in a dead zone, I'm like, this is useless technology, <laughs> right? Because we've grown like accustomed to this instant gratification type of thing in our life, right? And the reality is, let me just help you with something because we all want something fast in our life, but you need to understand this. Nothing built fast was ever built to last, I talk with young couples all the time who are getting ready to get married, and this one component I continue to teach them is, listen, you need to start building now. You need to start working now. You need to start, like, don't build something overnight and expect it to last a long time. If you want it to last, if you want it to have longevity, if you want it to be part of something that God uses for generations to come, listen to me, you're going to need to do the prep work of building something on the foundation before you try to put something on top of it. So... We don't do this in a fast way, so we have to do it in a healthy way. Turn your neighbor and say healthy. So we need a healthy foundation, and that's where I want to take you to Luke chapter 6 and see what the Bible says about this, because God has something to say. Jesus communicates this to us, 
right? And he says this. Let's go. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation, say foundation, on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been built or been, had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You see, God's desire for all of us is to build something that will last. Listen, God has a genuine desire to get the glory out of your life. He wants the world around you to look at you, and when they look at you, they see how good he is, and he's glorified because of what he's done in your life. God desires that for your life. Does it mean you won't have hard times? Of course that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is no matter what you go through, God carries you through that, and as he carries you through that, he gets the glory whenever you tell your story. And so he has this desire, but he also wants to help us understand that if we're going to be able to do that long term, there has to be a healthy foundation. And so building a foundation is key. I'm going to give you a few tips on what that looks like today. Number one, according to the word, hearing and obeying are two different things. How many guys know hearing and obeying are two different things? Right? How many of y'all got kids? They hear you. But, right? Now, we all laugh at that, but how many of y'all has God ever told you to do something? And you were like, nah, that's not God. <laughs> right? That's pizza from last night. That's indigestion. That's, a, that's some Nashville hot chicken wings with a waffle. Anyway, so, like we, but the reality is oftentimes God tells us to do something, but when he communicates to us what he wants us to do, we're like, nah, I don't think that's it. Right? That's why I think so many of us come to the place where we hear God speaking, but we're not doing what God is asking. And so for many people, we hear God asking, but we're not doing it. For, for example, there's a big difference between I want and I will, right? Like, I want to be blessed by God, yeah, right? I want to see my spiritual life grow. I want for God to be a bigger portion of my life. We would all say that, yes? Like, at least most of us, right? Well, I want God's blessing and favor in my life. Okay, be generous and tithe consistently. Whoa, whoa, don't tell me what to do with my money. Well, I'm not. The Bible says that. I'm not asking you for anything. It's like, but he says, hearing and obeying are two different things. I want to be growing in my faith continually, right? It's like, great, join a small group and get some accountability in your life. Whoa, no one needs to tell me how to live my life. Don't look at me like that. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, I, I want to build a healthy spiritual life. Okay, get consistent with doing the things that are going to help you connect to God, even if that means waking up an hour or 30 minutes earlier to do it. Whoa, pastor, I love my sleep. It's like... Okay, now listen, I'm not here trying to beat you up about that. I'm just trying to show you that we all, myself included, have a hard time hearing what God is asking us to do and then actually doing it. Right? We can all agree with that. But how many guys know if there's a want, listen, there has to be a will. So you don't get different results doing the same thing you've always done. 
So if you're going to have a healthy new foundation, it's going to, part of that is going to include doing something differently than you've done it up until this point. One of the phrases we say here at TC, even in, in our staff, is what got us here won't get us there. So as God builds the church and does something great with it, listen, we've got to grow in who God is making us to be able to do more for his kingdom, right? We don't get to stay all of who we are. We have to increase so that he can increase, right? Like we have to make sure that we're moving with God and we're growing in God. And so hearing and obeying are the same. Luke 6, 46, right? Go back to the passage that we're preaching out of. What does it say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? So this isn't me making this up. Come on. This is, I didn't hand you a pamphlet, like, put your Bibles away. We're going to learn something new today. Like, this is, this is what he said. Why do you call me Lord, but not do what I tell you? Right? That's why James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. What does it say? Do what it says. And I think one of the reasons many of us are struggling in our lives right now is because we hear the word of God. We come in and we, maybe we hear it on Sunday, but we're not doing it Monday through Saturday. So we're, we're hearing the word of God, but we're not doing what it says. And since we're not doing what it says, we're not the, experiencing the transformation that could come from it if we were. That's why James, don't just, listen, don't just hear it. Listen, anybody can hear it. It doesn't take a lot, a lot of special to hear, right? It takes something special to do what it says. Now, let me just create some clarification for you for just a second. When you're doing what it says, you're not doing what it says so that you can be saved. You're doing what it says because you have been saved. Because God has done the work, we're doing what it says so that we can build a foundation on what God is speaking to us, right? And so it's important that we understand that we have to build, right, this foundation, but it starts by not just hearing, but obeying. But then the second thing we have to understand from the text, right, is it's important to prepare for what you hope you never need. It's important to prepare for what you hope you never need. How many of you guys know we're all prepared for great things in our life? Help me out. How many of you guys would say, I'm all prepared? Turn to your neighbor and say, that's me. I'm prepared for great things. In my How many of you guys are like, I'm ready for God to just do great things? Right? I'm ready for him to like, we all want to see God do great things, but here's what I think the text is trying to show us. We're all looking for, hoping for, and prepared for God to do great things. I don't think we're all prepared for the hard things that it's going to happen in our life. Right? Like, we're not all prepared for the hardships that we're going to go through. Like, I sit down with people all the time in my office, and they're like, Pastor Brad, I, I gave my life to Jesus, and I was expecting everything to just be great. And it's gotten hard. Why isn't it going the way it's supposed to? And I was like, no, bro, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see your part in here. That's not, matter of fact, I think Jesus and Paul went out of the way to be like, hey, listen, you're going to be weary and life is going to be heavy. When that happens, you need to take on my yoke and my, like, Paul is like, hey, listen, things are going to get hard. They're going to get difficult. You're going to go through storms. The rain is going to come. The wind is going to blow. Things are going to get difficult. Listen, it's not that when the things come and they're difficult, I'm going to get you out of it. It's that I'm going to be in it with you. What we see happen over and over and over with Jesus isn't that the disciples get an emergency escape plan from the troubles. It's that Jesus continually shows up in their troubles. And for many of us, we're, we're looking for this escape hatch where Jesus shows up and goes, nah, you're not going to have to go through that hard thing. I'm here to tell you, you're going to go through the hard thing. 
And I think all of us have a plan for things to go right, but do we have a consistent plan for if things don't go right? We all have a, a plan hoping God's going to do this thing, but what if God's plan is to do a little bit different version of that thing that involves this pain? I'm here to tell you, that's when we have to be, okay, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, this hurts a lot more than I wanted it to. Okay, I, th- like this was not part, when I drew a roadmap of my purpose, I did not include this stop on it. But for whatever reason, God's got me here. And listen, when the rain falls and the wind blows and the flood shows up, if you're built on a faulty foundation, you're going to have nothing left. And that's why we have to realize that we have to be prepared for what we hope we never need. We've all heard this statement, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I think we need to be doing that in our spiritual life a little bit more. Right? That's why we go to Jeremiah chapter 17. If you'll go there with me, verses 7 through 8. And he says this. He says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And what that means is the passage there is saying, blessed are the trees that are planted. Because listen, when a tree is planted anywhere, it needs rain to keep it fresh, right? But when a drought hits, there is no rain. And what God is saying in Jeremiah is he's saying, blessed is the tree that's not required on perfect circumstances in the environment to keep it healthy because it's been planted by the one that always keeps it healthy regardless of what's going on in the environment. He says, blessed is the one whose trees are next to the streams. Why? Because even when there's no, listen, water on the surface, it doesn't matter because the roots are running deep where the foundation is. That means even if things aren't perfect or perfect on the surface, there's still some water below the surface. I, I don't need it to be great up here all the time. I hope it is. But you know what? Even when things get dry, even when the heat hits, let me just help you out. Even when you're going through a desert season in your life where you feel like things are dry, dry, things are brittle, your prayer life isn't what it used to. Some of you, you've gone through prayer seasons, you're ready to go through hell with a squirt gun, man. You're just like ready to, bam, like I'm here. But how many guys know, then you go through some seasons and you're praying and you're like, I don't even know if God is hearing me right now. In those seasons, listen to me, it's so important that you've got roots, you've got a foundation that's not contingent upon what's happening in the environment because you're locked in below the surface to who Jesus is in the foundation. And so we have to be connected because of our foundation. Turn to your neighbor and say your foundation. Which leads me to the last part, and that's the reality that the foundation matters. If I haven't proven it to you by now, I hope you're getting it, that the foundation matters. Now this is important. As we grab a hold of this reality, this is important that we see The foundation matters because, listen to me, building a foundation is really hard work. Because how many guys know when you build a foundation, you're establishing what can be built on that foundation? Building a foundation is really hard work. And can be honest with you, it's not pretty work. How many guys have ever sat in your house before and looked around and be like, boy, I really love this foundation? 
That's, that's not, it's not your first thing, is it? You're not like, it's a hearty foundation right here. Like, that never happens, right? You buy a house, you're like, who in the world painted these cabinets this color? Come on, right? You're like, How many guys know you look at beauty before you look at the foundation? Am I right? Like you're, When we bought this building, God bless the church that built it and sold it. They were incredible. But, man, every wall in this building was canary yellow. I walked in. I was like, there's no way. Somebody was in the paint store, held up a swatch, and was like, I found it, guys. I found it. We found the color. We're going to paint the entire 16,000 square feet. Canary yellow. No, there is no way. Someone found that on clearance. I promise you. It was like, we can get this junk half off, paint the whole building with it. We'll paint the city if we can. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, but it was like, so when we moved in, I was like, brother, I can't wait to buy this building and paint these walls. That was like the two things I was really excited about. But here's the reality. At no point was I like really looking into this foundation. That's solid work there. It didn't cross my mind because when we look at people's lives, a lot of times we get caught up in the beauty of what they have more than what it's built on. But the foundation matters most because, listen, for some of you, you're looking at other people's TikToks and Instagrams and their reels and the life that they're living and going, I want that life. But what you don't realize is that life has a very short limit on it because it wasn't built on anything strong. Now, I'm not here. I'm not against God blessing people. I'm not against travel or having houses or cars. Listen, if God blesses you with sick cars, have at it, brother. Like if, God, like, if God blesses you with a huge house, I want you to have it and start a small group in it. <laughs> I want you, like, you know what I mean? Like, if God blesses you with a boat, I want you to have it and start a small group on it, okay? <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. God gives you a plane in Jesus' name, okay? I'm just kidding. Okay. But in all seriousness, start a small group on it. But in all seriousness, like I say that I, I do genuinely hope that God does great things in your life. I'm not one of those dudes that's like, if you're living a great life, that means you're not doing enough for the kingdom. No, no, no. I believe God desires to, to pour out favor on our lives when we're obedient to him. When he knows he can trust us more, he can give us more. All right. So I'm a big fan of sowing and reaping. I think the Bible is clear on that. But I think sometimes we've bought into short term success stories and believe that they're grand. Listen, when they're going to fall apart eventually because it was never built on anything solid. But we have to build a healthy foundation on solid things. That's why I think it's so important that you understand. They'll put this on the screen. But beauty isn't a great indicator of a strong foundation. Longevity is. So when I want a success story of what it means to be a healthy foundation, I'm not looking at the Kardashians. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw shade at them, whatever. Truth be told, I'm looking at my parents. Marriage for 30 years, God, that's what I want. You wanna know why? It doesn't have to be flashy, but it's got longevity. I'm looking at my grandparents, both sets of my grandparents, married for 40s and 50 years, faithful to each other, faithful to the Lord, and God used them to accomplish great things. Was it flashy? Do you even know their name? No. But longevity proves that it was a healthy foundation. And as I talk with young people and even people even older, 
Some of them are getting married. They're pursuing relationships. They're in all these various stages of their life. And I'm reminding them over and over again, don't get trapped into trying to find the beautiful thing that you skip the healthy thing. Don't get trapped trying to pursue something that looks fun, it looks glamorous, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't have any foundation to it. Because what you really need is longevity. Because I think it's such a disaster, it's so terrible that people start well and fall apart halfway through because they hoped to have something that they never actually built. Because it was just built on a faulty foundation. But here's the key. Foundations are built down, not up. See, sometimes we want to see the success of our labor. Am I right? How many guys like to take a step back from what you just did or what God used you to do and be like, hey, there it is. The problem with foundations is you dig down, then you pour it up and you stop at the same place you started. How frustrating is that? All that work and from afar, you have nothing to show for it. Come on. That means when you're building a foundation, there's gonna be a component of what you do that you feel like you did a whole lot of work and got right back to where you started. That's a reality you're gonna face, but listen to me. You may be where you started, but you won't be how you started because you're standing on something different than you were standing on before. You may feel like you're in the same place, but you'll have different power. You may feel like you're at the same level, right? But you're gonna have a different presence of God on it. Why? Now you can build something on top of it. But if you had tried to build those walls on your old foundation, it wouldn't have lasted. But if you try to build the walls on a firm foundation, it's got longevity. It will last, right? We go to Luke 6, 48. We read it earlier. Going back to the text, what does it say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, say when a flood arose. You notice the, the, he didn't say if. Come on. Some of us are trying to live an if life. Can I just be honest with you for a second? The storms of life are coming. And for, in varying degrees, they will touch you. But they are coming. And when the floods rise, because they will, you need to know what you're built on. Let's finish it out. What does it say? When the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and it could not shake it because it had been built well. So we need to build a foundation on the rock. What is the rock? Well, Psalm 18.2 helps us with that. Psalm 18.2 says, the Lord is my rock. What are we building our foundation on? Jesus. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer, right? My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Jesus is the rock. He's the one we build on as we build on him. Listen, it doesn't matter what you go through. It may, it may be difficult and you may go through seasons, but I promise you he'll help you persevere because God is that way. So you may say, Brad, how do I do this? Brad, how, how do I, how, how do I, how is this possible? What, what does it take to build a healthy foundation? Well, as I was praying in for this message, this one actually kind of came to me because it was happening in the moment. And I just want to give it to you. Right? Here it is. 
Develop the parts of your life that people don't see. Develop the parts of your life that people don't see. You see, all of us, all of us want the parts of our life that people can see. Right? We want, we want the parts of our life that people can look at. We want the parts of our life that people can pay attention to. We want, we want the parts of our life that are beautiful. But I'm here to tell you, it's about developing the parts of your life that you can't see. It's about developing the parts of your life that people can't pay attention. Listen, the foundation isn't something that people see when they look at your house. But if it's not there, the house doesn't last. Develop the parts of your life that people don't see. So you want to know what it looks like? It looks like developing a prayer life when people aren't looking at you. That's foundation building. It looks like developing yourself with the word of God and, and developing a Bible reading plan, getting into your word. Listen, not, not at prayer or not just in a Bible study, but listen, just for you, you and God are building this foundation. It looks like having a person, personal worship time where you're connecting with the Lord and, and you're having your heart stirred with affection, with a love for him when no one else is around. You want to know why? Because a lot of times when the winds blow and the rain comes, no one else is going to be around then either. And you need to have a foundation, just you and God. But listen, it's developing the parts of life people don't see. And people ask us all the time, me and my wife, man, We've been through a lot. We lost our son, Jabin, in 2018. He was five years old and he died. And I'm gonna tell you, that was the most painful season we've ever been in in our life for obvious reasons. But about two years before that, God started taking me on this journey of building a foundation. Knowing, what, knowing that this storm was coming in our lives, about two years before that, we started pouring a foundation and I went into a deep theology of understanding the character and the nature and the heart of God. I went to this special place of knowing who he is and connecting with him. And I'm here to tell you, it wasn't in my preaching. It wasn't even when the spotlight was on. Nobody else really even knew about it. It was just something me and God were doing. And when you look two years later, I'm the one that God used to God, to disciple my, my wife and my father through the loss of our son. God used me, but why? It was something we had done when people weren't looking that gave me the ability for God to use me, listen, when people needed me. And a lot of us, we're even trying to be a foundation for others, but we haven't even built one for us. And I'm here to tell you, it's gonna start when you're doing the things that people can't see. So start building a foundation so that God can do something great with your life. Because listen to me, he wants the glory out of your life. When people look at you, he wants them to see him through you. And that comes from knowing that we've developed this prayer life from developing this foundation so that something great can be built on top of it. And this is what I wanna leave you with because this is the reality, right? If we lay a godly foundation in our private lives, if we lay a, a, a godly foundation in our private lives, then we know we're building a life with God that can stand through anything. So build a foundation that God can use all the time. Build a foundation that will last in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're so good to us. 
We thank you, God, that we can come to you, that we can look to you. And God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you that you're helping us build the foundation. We thank you that you're helping us lay, God, the framework for what you're going to do in the future. And so, God, as we come to you today, God, we ask, even, Father, those that are in a position, Lord, where they're being encouraged, but they also know that the floods have already started. God, I pray that you help them dig deep. God, put a foundation down that they can see you move in a powerful way. And they know that the winds and the rains and the storms won't blow over what you've built in their life. God, I pray that you connect us in private so that what is seen in public is something that will last and glorify you. And so, God, as we look to you today, I pray that you speak to the hearts, God, and help us realize that our connection to you is everything in our foundation. We thank you today, and we love you in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you would be, you're here to say, you know what, Brad? I do need a healthy foundation, but if I were honest with you, my healthy foundation has to start with having Jesus in my life. I know enough about God to know that I'm not right with God. But I'm here saying, I need God to give me a fresh start in a new beginning. And if that's you, the beauty of the gospel, the good news is that Jesus died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And today, if you want to receive grace today, if you want to step into that, listen, put your faith in Jesus. That when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And you can have a fresh start and a new beginning in Christ. And today, if you're ready to make that step, today, if you're ready to say yes, then we want to pray a prayer with you. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just put words to the actions of your heart. This says, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. And today, if you're ready to pray it, we want to invite you to pray this. The whole church will pray it with you. Say this. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe you died for me, so I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. See, so let's give it up for all those that prayed that. Perhaps for the first time, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.